Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News, coming to you on this Monday, November 13th, 2023. All your pop culture in one place on today's Bachelor Rush Hour. All right, that's right, folks. A lot to get into today. Our featured story on the second half, the back end of today's podcast, will be Tyler Cameron explaining on Jason Tartik's podcast, Trading Secrets, why he thinks that Jason and Caitlin Bristow should have no contact. He says, give the dogs to Caitlin. We disagree, but we do appreciate Tyler with a strong opinion. So we'll have that for the second half of today's episode. And uh, we'll get into some Bachelor news. Uh, you know, not too much else going on as we prepare for the Paradise and Golden Bachelor finales. But here we have an interesting uh, review. Now, I'm not sharing this review to slam anybody, but we had a review. It was a five-star review, but the title is... Please stop with the Clayton. That's just all it says. Please stop with the Clayton, not like the Clayton content. And then it says, I will, and it's in quotes, uh, I will start listening again when you stop with the Clayton crap. I don't believe everyone is as invested as you. It's a bit much, and he is great, but not a bachelor we really care about. His ratings probably prove that. Please let us know when you're done. The obsession is odd. Uh, <laughs> should I do a press release when I'm officially done talking about uh, getting sent to court? So look, I've been, uh, I've had paperwork filed against me, an injunction against harassment, and a temporary, excuse me, a temporary restraining order was filed against me, but denied by the judge. We've already shared all that with you, but to think, to think that we. We shouldn't care about Clayton, a former bachelor, uh, because his ratings are not as good. Just goes to show what's kind of wrong with the world that we live in, right, folks? Oh, if his ratings were bigger, we should do the right thing. It's it's like, look, I don't cover content always because it's going to be advantageous for me with regards to the ratings. In some in some ways, there's always salacious stuff. Like we talk about Taylor Swift's every move because it's good ratings. She's interesting and. Things like that. But when it comes to Clayton, regardless of how invested people are in this story, it is quickly becoming a fascinating and very tragic, in my case, story about a First Amendment right, freedom of speech, and arguing that right in court. And, uh, you know, I understand that this might be annoying to some people, and maybe they haven't thought about it as in depth as I have. But the coverage that I've made, if someone is able to just file an injunction against harassment on me without having any real reason to because they don't like the way I talk about them or share my opinions, you realize that could shut down my channel, right? That could shut down my YouTube. It could shut down my podcast. If I'm not allowed to share my opinions about things, that's a very bad thing. So while I understand it might be a tad bit annoying to hear updates day after day, wouldn't it be worse if I'm no longer able to talk out loud in public because someone was able to take me through a court system for reasons that I believe are frivolous. Those are my opinions, right, folks? Well, we just received information that not only was she trying to get an injunction against harassment against me in California, which is essentially like a harassment case, she's also trying to get one against me in Arizona. Again, somebody that I've never met or said their name or this or that. Now I'm going to cover on YouTube today the striking similarities between 
um, the three different men that have been in the court system with her. So I'm going to share the full uh, YouTube video for you guys, again, only on YouTube, and you can go check out all of that. But I will share some of the things that Clayton said in files that were released today. It was his response, I believe, to either the injunction against harassment or temporary restraining order. It's hard to know the difference at this point, but he checked off the box that says no sexual intercourse. Party A and Party B were not living together and did not have sexual intercourse and at the probable date of conception of the minor children. Um, And his response was oral sex was performed, but that was all. And then in the other category, he said an email saying she would only take a paternity test if we were to date exclusively. See Exhibit 1. Party A has threatened uh, that she will write defamatory comments about this matter and release it to the press. See Exhibit 1. And again, that's exactly what happened. Uh, then this, then it says summary of what I say about paternity that is different from what the other party said about the petition. So again, this is this is uh, information that was just made public, but it is from his sort of paternity. I don't even know what it's called, folks, but this this sort of like fight over who's the father. And he says, this entire petition is made up by party A. There is no proof of paternity upon information received and believe party A suffers from mental health issues. I am concerned that she is stalking me. And then other orders that Clayton is requesting. Here's what he writes. I, Clayton Eckerd, am requesting a court-ordered paternity test and that party A pay all costs. I also request an award of attorney's fees pursuant to ARS 25-8096, I believe, and ARS as this case is groundless and lacking in merit. We never had sexual intercourse. So that's what he said then. That's what he's saying now. Those are his words. And um, in the YouTube video today, we will show other similar words that were said by past um, uh, men with regards to the same individual here. Um, Now, whether or not someone wants to argue that a pattern is appropriate. So a lot of what happens in these courts is they always say like, oh, don't bring out former court information that, you know, we need to judge this case on the merits of this case. And what you then realize is, well, there's patterns here. There are multiple men that have never met before that all have similar, very similar stories that I believe should be used um, and available to a judge when deciding on who who to uh, side with, right? So anyway, in quick response to the person who said the Clayton stuff is boring and I'm obsessed, it's like, look, maybe I'm obsessed with the truth. Maybe I'm I'm obsessed with authenticity. I can tell you what I am obsessed with, justice. And that's not a pat on my back. I am obsessed with justice. And if that means I don't delete all my videos, and if that means I don't sort of, I don't know, bend my knee to what I believe to be is frivolous lawsuits made in an attempt to silence me. And again, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, credit myself as some, uh, you know, wildly uh, successful journalist. But in this specific case, if I'm the only one covering this story, of course she's going to be coming after me, and we're going to have to take it through the court system. And I've already hired my lawyer, 
and I owe him a $10,000 retainer, and all that stuff has to work itself out. I want to thank everyone for the GoFundMe, which is up to $9,160. Thank you guys all so much. I would love if we could get that up to $10,000 this week, but again, only from people that feel like you can contribute. If there's any, you know, don't choose uh, donating to the GoFundMe over Timmy's uh, braces. By all means, folks, take care of your families first. I'm going to be okay, but that $10,000 is going to go very fast. I mean, the amount of time and energy that is spent usually lawyers cost between four to eight hundred dollars per hour just for just for reviewing all of the long emails she has sent me and sent him is going to be time consuming but i think that's the only way to fight this is through the court system all right folks let's get to some non-bachelor content taylor swift is always in the news Taylor Swift has continued her tour around the world here, and now she is in, I believe, uh, Buenos Aires doing the Eras tour, and she had to comment uh, to an audience that that threw a gift on the stage. Uh, so here's what she had to say. She's so kind. She clearly values her audience, but also as a global superstar, she has to set her own boundaries. So here's some emotional intelligence from Taylor Swift. And just, um, just because communication needs having gentle, healthy boundaries, it really freaks me out when the stuff gets thrown on the stage. Um, because if it's on the stage, then a dancer can trip on it. Um, and I love that you brought presents, and that is so nice. But just, can you please not throw them on the stage? I love you so much. Uh, she goes, uh, I'm thankful for the presence. I love you so much. Don't do that. Thank you. Uh, you know, I couldn't even imagine. Can you imagine the amount of presence that must get thrown out from people? You know, she probably gets scrapbooks and heartfelt journal entries and all of these things. And I mean, at some point you have to imagine every show she does is in front of 80,000 people. There is just no way she can respond. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm at the stage in my career where I get a present here, a present there. I get thoughtful things. I can put them on the wall. But at some point, if you reach a certain size, you know, that shit's not coming home with you. You got to pay for your check bags and this and that. So she says, thanks for throwing gifts at me, but please don't do that. And also in Taylor Swift news, Kelly Clarkson reveals that Taylor Swift sends her flowers after every Taylor's version release. In 2019, the American Idol alum suggested in a tweet that Swift should re-record her music, which again, might sound like um, a very obvious solution. So Taylor Swift had her music sold to Scooter Braun. She had no control over the masters, the final products. Um, and then and then Kelly Clarkson in 2019 said, hey, couldn't you just re-record all of your music? And while it sounded maybe obvious to everybody, I'm sure Taylor was like, wait a second, let's do that. And since doing that, every version of her album that she has re-recorded and re-released has become, you know, a number one hit. She's got more hits this year than anyone. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. So kudos to Kelly Clarkson for sharing that she gets flowers sent to her, even though Kelly Clarkson's career status isn't as bulletproof as Taylor Swift's. When this story broke that Kelly Clarkson was responsible for Taylor Swift, essentially costing Scooter Braun hundreds of millions of dollars when you think about it. Um, uh, Taylor didn't want any of, uh, excuse me, Kelly Clarkson didn't want any of the credit. She's like, no, no, everyone would, you know, because she obviously doesn't want to be known as the person who, uh, you know, effed over the industry so poorly. But I love the story and I love hearing that they are taking matters into their own hands. 
And speaking of taking matters into your own hands, last week we reported that Bart Simpson would no longer be strangled on camera by his dad, Homer Simpson. If you aren't familiar with this story, you know, Homer Simpson, a cartoon, will grab his son's neck and strangle him by holding him up in his, and then Bart Simpson's tongue wiggles out like, uh, you know, and obviously it's like, well, does this mean you're making fun of, you know, violence between parents and kids. I mean, it's like, I don't know. At what point do you realize it's a cartoon versus, you know, uh, someone's going to, like, is someone ever going to strangle their son and go, well, I saw Homer Simpson do it. My guess is no. And my guess is that's how you can separate from reality and fiction. Either way, an article came out responding to that uh, that idea, that news, that Bart would no longer be strangled by Homer. And the article says, Homer will continue to strangle Bart on the Simpsons, says co-creator. Nothing's changed. Nothing's getting tamed. Nothing, 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 James L. Brooks tells people. And of course, that was in response to Homer Simpson in a recent episode, I believe what, on October 22nd, McMansions and wife said, um, Homer said, see Marge, strangling the boy has paid off. Homer quipped to his wife, Marge, just kidding. I don't do that anymore. Smiling, he added, times have changed. So it appears in that episode, Homer went woke. And by woke, I mean, didn't uh, harm his son by strangling him. And then, of course, just because he learned that lesson in one episode doesn't mean it won't happen again. What are we even talking about, folks? How crazy. And uh, here's something I love. I hate, I'll tell you this, I hate the idea of customer is always right. I don't like that idea that we have that the customer is always right. I think it leads to a lot of people out there that weaponize being an asshole. And Adam Driver was responding to to an audience member who criticized a scene from his movie. And you got to hear his response. Let's play that right now. Uh, what do you think about crash scenes? Uh, that they looked pretty harsh, drastic, and I must say, cheesy for me. What do you think? Uh, Fuck you, I don't know. <laughs> Next question. So there he is. His response was F you. And maybe he was being serious, maybe he wasn't, but it's like, you know, oh, I do appreciate people just sharing how they're feeling. Uh, we live in a world, I think, where people try to be polite and uh, you have to read between the lines, but I believe an F you answers that question. And speaking about living in a world that's no longer safe, a circus lion escapes an Italian show and roams the streets of Rome. Roams the streets of Rome. There he is, a full-blown circus lion. If you're watching this on Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal, you'll see that he's literally a giant African lion and he's rumbling through the streets of Italy. I got to tell you what. I don't know if I like this or hate this, but I will say that I've heard that the you know the streets of Italy are congested with too many tourists. So maybe a running of the lion could be something that they do to clear out um, you know I don't know the uh, the different uh, uh, aspects of uh, the tourism industry in Rome. But uh, that's one way to print a news article. You want to get me to click an article? Talk about a roaming tiger, or excuse me, a Roman lion. A Roman lion, a ro- a roaming Roman lion. All right. Did we get through that one? All right. What I'm going to play for you next after this quick break is Jason Tartik and Tyler Cameron on Trading Secrets Podcast discussing the different ways in which Jason has handled his breakup. But you're breaking all my rules about exits. 
What are your rules? Like, if you're an ex, you're gone. You like, you disappeared off the earth for me. That's your that's your relationship. Yeah, like, really. I, I don't, you know, we. I don't text you. I don't call you. I don't yeah. look at your. I, like, I, I, like, your Instagram is muted, gone. Yeah. You know, block whatever it is, out of sight, out of mind. Right. Okay. And it's hard too because you're two public figures. You know. Yeah. But I mean, y'all were just at Chris Harrison's wedding together. Yeah. You first thing you do, you you got you know, you post a reel, you're in her. I'm like, oh Jesus, what's going on here? Yeah, so Jason posted in his reel that Caitlin Bristol was there. He knew it's like, look, uh, weaponize your breakup a little bit. Like Jason knew that they'd get some extra views and people would talk about them and it'd probably spike their podcast downloads. It's like not exactly a horrible thing, but uh I think what Tyler is explaining is the term no contact. That's the hard break, that's the don't try to be friends with your ex and all of that jazz how was that uh all right well so you're real quick let's go to, i'm gonna answer the question look at this now i'm in the hot seat uh this is probably payback for the gg hadid clip i got from you last time yep, yep. but um what are your rules go to your rules like rule because now, now you got me intrigued what are your rules with exes do you just have one rule you don't yeah just, just shot them out, out, okay. out of sight out of mind okay i try to i try to stay away from okay ever you know when we're done we're done you know, yeah. maybe, maybe it's not done. With, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what, where you guys are completely in that. But like for yeah. me, when I know it's done, done. Yeah. Like it's out of sight, out of mind, muted, blocked, whatever it takes. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to see you. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to talk to you. So that you can heal properly. So I can heal. So I can get yeah. away from it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm, so, I'm, I'll you maybe you. you handle things different. I don't know. <sighs> That's how I've always handled it in the past. Right. Always. Like, and I've always never been a guy that dips his feet back in the water. Like, I guess what the hard part is, is that while there was no explicit contract between Jason Tartik and Caitlin Bristow, uh, business wise, they both benefited from uh, their businesses being attached to Bachelor World and by the fact that they were engaged. They benefit, for, they both got something out of that. I'm not saying that that was a bad thing. So now that their relationship's over, it's like, how do they not mess with the thing that puts food? on their table and that would involve Tyler uh, that would involve Jason giving updates about how he's feeling I mean adding some personal touch to his podcast is huge when it comes to retention and building a quote-unquote family around his followers and same thing for her they connect to their audience and when you go through this breakup part of that connecting is to discuss it a little bit so it might be nice to take the high road and never talk about things whatsoever but that doesn't necessarily uh, work for the fact that they're untangling their business and personal life from each other when it's closed, it's done. I'm kind of like that with never with business and stick back on the oil. Right? I don't do that. <laughs> I love the Florida boy lingo. I think even after you said, "I'll stand ten toes for Jason," mm -hmm. I never heard that. Is that a Florida ten line, down, baby? Ten toes down. I'll tell you, maybe it's your Cameron, yeah. the Cameron lines, because your dad could write a book on these lines. But like, I've always been the guy that doesn't, you know, door shut, move forward. This is a lot different. A lot different. Five years, two years engaged, and the dogs. So. I don't know. I will tell you this. Before we went into that weekend, I had not seen her once. And we, at the last time I saw her was when I moved out. And I would say that I would describe it that there was a lot of energy that we were both holding and it wasn't maybe the best energy. Mm -hmm. And then when we saw each other, didn't know what to expect, but it was great. It was friendly. It was cordial. It was respectful. Was it, it was hard? Like you're on the dance floor trying to enjoy the wedding and then you look over, you see her on the dance floor trying to enjoy like, Does that feel, what's that feel like? It was weird. Like there are times, cause I didn't dance with her, but there are times I would dance and she was at the table, like shout came on. I started dancing. And at that point we were in, I felt like such a friendly, healthy place from our conversation 
that I looked at her and pointed at her like, you know, shout, this is, this is my song, but like, you know, and I was like, you got to get out here. So the time spent, and it's weird how a wedding could do this, created uh, just a, what feels like a much healthier, strictly, strictly friendly experience. Mm-hmm. And we'll see where it goes from there. I don't know. All right, then another. Right, this is my last question. Jeez, this is what is this? Trey, am I in the hot seat? You yes, the host you now? Are, you are. We have yeah. a podcast. By the way, I mean, kudos to Tyler Cameron for being able to talk to him this way and ask him these questions. This is what good friends do. It makes for far better. Trust me, I believe this is far better podcasting than if he was just like, "So, how much did your last brand deal make?" Like, this is the meat and potatoes of life. I mean, come on, can you imagine having to see your recent ex at a wedding like that with all of your mutual friends who picks sides and without any sort of convincing whatsoever Tyler Cameron uh, was taking Jason's side and Jason's like no no one has to take sides and Tyler Cameron's like too bad I'm on your side together yes, yes. because yeah. this this dumbfounds me okay let's hear it the dog situation really yes okay <laughs> and, and maybe dog lover I'm a dog lover myself but maybe dog yeah. people may get mad at me yeah but I'm like you gotta get those dogs to Caitlin you gotta give her 100% custody and, and, and you know why do you think that because what happens Jason when you dating another girl one day and you gotta always go back and go grab the dogs or always you know what I mean like it's just always if your new girlfriend can't understand that you're in a dog custody relationship with your ex then they're gonna have other issues like, they should be happy that you found a way to communicate positively with an ex I think a lot of times you can judge someone based on how they communicate or don't with an ex like do they just bash all their exes well that's not healthy um, you know but when with regards to Jason and Kayla and it's like, look, they, they these, they, these are, they're dogs. I mean, yeah, could Jason give them to Caitlin full time? I mean, that would be a huge sacrifice, a huge sacrifice for the, the little unconditional love that dogs give you and ask for nothing in return. Going to keep you guys intertwined and connected, or you got to go there and grab the dogs and she's got a boyfriend or fiance or a husband one day. And it's like, you know, it just, mm-hmm. to me, it's like, I think it's almost like a healthier thing to go get yourself a dog or go. I mean, look, it's not like they're turtles that live a hundred years. The dogs have, you get, you get 10 to 12, 14 good years. That's, that's what you get. Sometimes less, sometimes more. So it's not like it's a a situation that has to last too long. You know? Yeah. I think, uh, I think it adds a massive, massive layer of complexity, hundred percent. But I also think as opposed to like planning for those situations, which I typically do, and then I overthink. I'm currently just living in my existing state this second, and what do I need to do for me? Like, if you look at like a restaurant, you got the appetizer, you got the desserts, the main course. Like right now, there's only one main course, and it's focused on me yeah, and what as, I as need, right? Because I just need to figure that out. For me, those dogs are my everything. Like mm-hmm. I need them in my life. Like I need them. I need them in my life. And so, how this works right now is. I have an assistant. She has an assistant. They talk to each other. They do the scheduling. When we drop them off, we have yet to see each other up until this weekend. Maybe that'll change. And so we're, what we're doing right now is we're splitting the month where the first half she gets the month and the second half I get the dogs. So it, for now it works, but I, do, I, I would tell you this, that every single person in my inner circle, which I consider you in my inner circle, advises me to say, if you keep the dogs, you'll always be connected and being connected could have challenges and it could also create a pain for you. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about training secrets. We talk a lot about money and, 
and life, but also what I've learned through this podcast is that your personal life impacts your social life, impacts your financial life, impacts your professional life. So that's why I like talking about all those things. Mm -hmm. And I usually only have the chance to go there with very good friends and you're very good friends. And to wrap up the Bachelor news of the day, Bachelor in Paradise star Kenny and Mari are married inside the Puerto Rican wedding. This is in People magazine there, but they look stunning. The couple who got engaged during season seven of the reality series said, I do Saturday in front of 65 loved ones. Uh, she said, I do believe in signs and numbers. And so 1111 is obviously seen as a special number and it means good things. Mari tells people, uh, why they chose the date after getting engaged on the bachelor in paradise season seven finale on the dating reality series, having their wedding celebration fall over veterans day holds extra meaning to Mari since her dad served in the military for 25 years. I'm his only daughter. So that's special. He hasn't had the best association or memories with veterans day. So hopefully this year will change that and for Veterans Day moving forward. So I'm going to cover this full story on the YouTube channel where you can actually see all the exclusive photos. We'll have that thing first up for you tomorrow morning. In the meantime, we'll have some other content coming your way. I floated this idea a few times, but it looks like we're going to start the morning rush, uh, which maybe we'll start up in for in December uh, for a soft launch. Uh, Dave, what are you talking about? Let me explain it to you. So this is the Bachelor Rush Hour podcast, which I've said all along, we're going to do some Bachelor content, but I'm going to bring entertainment and pop culture news to you. And then I'm going to bring in my life stuff. I'm basically just someone to sit shotgun with you on your ride home from work every day. And the reason I decided to do Bachelor Rush Hour as an afternoon podcast is because I live on the West Coast. And, um, you know, it's easier for me to make the content that is then available for your afternoon ride home. Uh, well, why not get you to work? That's the thought, right, folks? Why not all also make a podcast that gets you to work and uh, play some fun music, have some inspirational mantras or ideas or positive energy, and just give you a quick a sort of water cooler breakdown of all of the content of the day. So if you have that person at work who's always trying to ask you, what do you think of Travis and uh, Taylor's latest blah, blah, blah? You might say, well, now that I listen to Dave Neal's Rush Hour, that you'll get all of that information. So eventually we'll probably drop the bachelor term from the rush hour and we'll just call it the rush hour. But in the meantime, we'll just, you know, I'll label every episode morning rush and afternoon rush. And you can just decide which one you want to listen to. My guess is every loyal listener will not listen to two episodes. Like there is uh, the law of diminishing returns. So if I make 50 episodes a day, somebody might listen to all of them, but most people won't. So I think more than one person will listen to the second episode a day. My guess is about 50% 25 to 50% of you guys will listen if I do an extra episode. But I think more importantly is it'll start drawing in non-bachelor audience because the rush hour is going to be more of a overall conversation about what is going on within the heartbeat of our country uh, versus just the bachelor world. We are breaking out of the niche, folks. Anyway, thank you guys all so much for all of your loyalty, generosity, and making this podcast so much fun to do. I love chatting with you all every day. I appreciate the reviews. Even if you don't want me to cover the Clayton content, I always appreciate a five-star review. So leave your reviews now, folks, or forever hold your peace. And if you want, you can go to the GoFundMe. There'll be a link in the description below if you want to donate to the legal funds that are mounting. Either way, we'll see you guys tomorrow. As always, I've been Dave Neal, and this was Bachelor Rush Hour. 